Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio program. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and the title of my message today is Fight Back Against Fear. You know, the world that we live in feels so uncertain anymore, especially for Christians. And if you think about it too much, it kind of makes you weary, don't it? Something else that makes us weary in a hurry is fear. A very big fear that a lot of people are suffering from right now is the fear of lack because of our economy and everything. A fear of not having enough money or enough food. And that is a valid fear considering so many people have lost their jobs and our our economy can turn on a dime. But our God is bigger than our economy. He is bigger than your unpaid bills. He is bigger than that cancer diagnosis. He is bigger than your need for a job today. He's bigger than anything going on or not going on in our government. Our God's abundant nature will override your lack if you have the courage to believe He will take care of you. You know, the Lord told me something I never forgot years ago when I was going through a terrifying wilderness season, and I had no job, no money, no prospects of anything, and my unemployment had just run out. I was literally begging for help from Him because I had not yet learned that we are believers, not beggars. And that that was not the fastest way to get your prayers answered. I was just desperate, y'all. I didn't know what else to do. There was nobody else to turn to for help. And I was staring homelessness in the eyes. And I can tell you, I was more afraid than I can possibly put into words. So I was crying out to God for help in my wilderness. And he spoke very calmly to me, very clearly. I only need one day. And I fell silent thinking about that. One day. Just think about it for a minute. He is the God of the breakthrough. He only needs one day to turn your whole situation around. Tell that fear to be still and know that he is God. Go make yourself a cup of hot tea and just think about that. He is God. He is the same God that rained manna down from heaven in the midst of a barren desert for the Israelites. He's the same God that told the disciples to let down that empty net one more time. And they brought up so much fish that the net wouldn't hold them all. And they had been fishing all night and caught nothing. And they were professional fishermen. He is God and he knows exactly how much money you need to pay your bills this week and every week. And he knows how to get it to you. The question is, can you believe him to do that? And I'll tell you something. It took me years to learn. You might be out of work because he's about to give you an idea for a successful business. You might be out of work because he wants you to work for him. A lot of God's people are being transitioned right now from the paycheck system over to the provider system because you are going to work for him. So you might be out of work because he's trying to get you off the failing paycheck system and onto the provider system with him as your provider. Maybe you just got promoted and you don't know it yet. Be still and know that he is God. No matter what is going on in our world, It is not an obstacle for our mighty God. The only thing that's an obstacle to Him promoting you is you. Your fear, your unbelief, 
your unwillingness to go through that season of change to get there. And change is uncomfortable. We know that. We, you know, I guess if we could have it our way, we wouldn't have all that change. We'd just stay in our comfort zone, right? But in your comfort zone, you don't grow. But if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you are not willing to suffer for a while to change systems, he cannot deliver you into his way of doing things. But if you are, and if all you can think about or talk about is the Lord and the latest revelation you got from him, then you are ripe for transition and you are about to get set free from working for that bad boss forever. He is God, y'all. And once you get that, You'll be laughing at Satan trying to make you afraid. You know, we all have a secret list of things we fear. So we all need to learn how to face down fear, especially now in the end of the end times that we live in, because it almost seems like things are getting scarier and scarier on some days. And I want to help you learn how to face down your fears. When does fear happen to us? I think we are most likely to be tempted to fear when we are worn out, stressed out, or super busy. And speaking of super busy, I'm sorry I didn't have a podcast last week. I was really, really busy. In fact, I'm up in the middle of the night in the wee hours to try to do a podcast for you. It's four o'clock in the morning. So sorry about my voice. But we're most likely tempted to fear when we are worn out, stressed out, or super busy, especially when we are worn out. When we are worn out, stressed, or distracted by our busyness, our guard is down. And when your guard is down, you're more vulnerable to all kinds of attacks by the enemy. As long as I live, I will never forget a visit I had to the doctor in 2003 in Dallas. She was performing a sonogram and she got a worried look and she looked again and again and then she told me. She said, you have a large mass just inside your cervix. Nobody wants to hear their doctor say mass. Can I just say that? Especially if your mother had uterine cancer like mine did. I had always believed, even as a child of two parents who got cancer, that if I ever got a cancer diagnosis, I would be brave and I would fight it. I would refuse the diagnosis and I would stand strong against it. Let me tell you something. Fear hit me faster than the sound of a firecracker in July and my blood ran cold. I was scared half to death before I could even form a thought against fear. And the reason is because my guard was completely down. I was not expecting fear to come knocking on my door that day. I had never had a bad health diagnosis. Never. I've just never had a lot of health problems. Fear will blindside you, and before you can shoo it off your porch, it already came in the front door carrying all its bags and moved in with you. And that's what happened to me that day. Fortunately, I did what the doctor recommended, and I just had a hysterectomy. And there was no cancer, but I'll tell you that night, that I heard the doctor say that was an uneasy night for me as I fought that battle against fear. Most of us are familiar with 2 Timothy 1.7, the fear verse. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want to point out a very important truth that is revealed in 2 Timothy 1.7, actually two. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Okay, the first part of 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us that fear is not from God. The second thing it tells us is that fear is a spirit. So if fear is a spirit that is not from God, what kind of spirit is it? It is a demonic spirit. Okay, this one verse alone tells us we do not want to have any fear and why. And fear don't come in a nice, neat, wrapped up package either. If fear was an animal, it would be a big, gnarly looking spider, legs everywhere, all hairy and scary. 
It would be a wolf spider with a hundred offspring on its back, sending its poison all through your life. We don't want any of that, do we? That's creepy. I want y'all to get a good picture of fear in your mind so you don't let it move in with you. Fear is also a close relative to worry. Matthew chapter 6 says, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. My entire life I watched my mom worry. We all worry sometimes about things that we fear. My mom was a full-time worrier for over 60 years of her life. She never had enough of anything. Her dreams were pretty much all dashed, and her life was just always really hard. So she had so many bad, you know, it was like, waiting for the other shoe to drop, and then it did. And you have that happen enough times, and you sit around and worry about the shoe dropping, right? And of all the things I know she worried about, very few of them ever actually came to pass, maybe 2%. That means for 58.8 years of her life, Mom worried about stuff she did not need to worry about, stuff that never happened. And the ones that did happen, I don't think she could have done anything about anyway, as they were usually someone else's choices. I wonder how much happier she would have been if instead of worrying, she had just said, you know what, Lord, I cannot control any aspect of this situation. So how about I turn it all over to you? Because I know your word says for me to cast my cares on you and you already know what to do to make it turn out good for me. First Peter chapter five says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. See what that says? It says to humble yourself to God. That means just submit and realize he knows best about the direction your life is going, and he will exalt you so you don't have to exalt yourself. And the next verse, verse 8 says, because the devil walks about seeking whom he may devour so clearly, Walking in humility and casting our cares can help us keep from being devoured, and that's good news. Everybody I knew was in fear when the Great Recession of 2007-09 was on. So many people were going broke, losing their homes, becoming homeless. There were a lot of suicides because people just gave up or the fear drove them over the edge. Fear is a tormenting spirit. It doesn't leave you alone. I had to fight fear in 2009 to 10, worse than I've ever had to fight it in my life. This was the year when they kept extending unemployment benefits over and over because so many people were unemployed. And if you had a job of any kind, you were holding on to it by your fingernails because there were not any jobs. Even a job at a fast food place would have 30, 40 applicants or more, including college-educated ones. People were desperate to keep their homes from being foreclosed, to feed their families. I literally saw IT professionals wearing signs on street corners trying to find anything to stay afloat in Dallas. It was a really hard time with very little hope. I lived in Princeton in a tiny old rent house with no insulation at the time. I was about 50 and or 49 to 50. I was out of work, out of money, a little overweight and had no nice clothes for interviewing for office work. My last work had been in the oil and gas field, which was down at the time. 
And out there, we all just wore nice jeans and boots because sometimes you had to go out in the field in your work and walk around in pastures and stuff. And let me just mention something while I'm thinking about it. When the Lord sent me to Princeton, I wondered about that house. It was not very nice. It was bare bones, barely big enough. No central air, uh, no central heat or air. Really hard to keep warm or cool. But you know what it was? It was affordable. And the Lord knew I was about to be in really hard times economically. So true to his amazing faithfulness, he set me up in a house I could afford for that season. Could he have put me in something nicer like the townhouse I moved to next? Absolutely. You know why he didn't? Because I did not have the faith that was big enough to believe him for more rent money yet. I could barely believe for the six fifty a month for that house at that point. And I was there to learn about the wilderness so I could learn to believe. So here I am facing my worst nightmare, homelessness, and I cannot find a job. I had never had trouble finding work my entire life. That was the first time ever I could not find anything. To say I was terrified would be a gross understatement. Can I just say that? In the old days, if I needed a job, I would get dressed for an interview and I would go through the phone book. Yeah, we don't have those anymore. For the area where I was job hunting. And I would call each place and ask if they had any openings for clerical workers or whatever type of job I was looking for. I would literally go to the, to the yellow pages and I would start in the A's and I would start calling businesses to see if they needed any clerical. And I would circle any that did and then I would make a list of those and I would go take my resume around. But I had given up calling at this point during this time of this recession. So I would get up, get ready to job hunt with a plan in mind of where I was going to go cold call looking for any kind of work. And I would sit down on the couch for a minute. I still remember doing this. I would sit down on the couch for a minute after I got ready and be like, okay, I'm gonna gather my thoughts. And I would freeze. I mean, become absolutely paralyzed with fear. It happened so many times. I have never ever experienced that before or since. So if the recession and being out of money and having no work wasn't enough, I was also being paralyzed with fear. And y'all, one of the reasons I'm, I'm teaching on fear is because, you know, the things that are happening in the end times, it's kind of unpredictable. We know more stuff is coming. We don't know what stuff. Our government is, is just pretty squirrely right now, and we don't know what they're going to come up with next. And so everybody's a little concerned, let's just say concerned. And so we need to know how to fight back fear when it comes at us. Fear will cost us. It displaces our faith. Okay, so I thought I was being attacked by the spirit of fear when I was being paralyzed with fear. But I think it was somewhere in the time frame earlier that year or maybe the year before when I first went to McKinney from Woodward when I was at that hotel for 10 days having meltdowns. And 10 is the number of testing, remember, begging the Lord to tell me what town I was supposed to move to that I had those experiences where I was so scared. I would shake violently. And I tried to rebuke and cast out fear and it didn't leave. I was like, how can that be? Because in the name of Jesus, it has to leave. And then the Lord spoke to me and he said, it's not fear, it's terror. So I cast out terror and it stopped. The devil just loves to attack us with fear and terror when the chips are down. And we are standing on the edge of the cliff staring into that dark abyss of uncertainty. He loves to hit us with that. You gotta learn his you gotta learn his attack tactics, y'all. So we cannot control the economy and worrying about it or fearing the next recession is a fruitless endeavor. But if we spend that time confessing the Lord is going to bring us through any economic downturn in victory and turn it to our benefit instead of silently worrying, 
we will benefit so much more and save ourselves a lot of gray hair. Fear is also akin to worship. Did you know that? When we fear something, we are reverencing its power. Let that sink in for a minute. Do you really want to reverence Satan's power? So, you know, if he can't get your worship, he'll get your reverence. God doesn't want us to give him that. So how do we get into fear? The way we get into fear is when the devil tells us something bad is going to happen, we believe him. We start thinking, oh, yeah, that could happen. Maybe you got into trouble for something at work, and as you're driving home, the devil whispers, you're going to get fired and lose your house. You're not going to be able to make your car payment, and then where will you be? Even the disciples of Jesus were not immune to fear, and they walked with the master. Matthew chapter 8, And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And by the way, if you look up the meaning of that word tempest, it means a great big storm. So think of being out there in a, on the edge of a hurricane in a little wooden boat. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Jesus knew that he was going to the other side because he had something to do there, so he knew he was safe, job security, you might say. One of the most important things you must understand about fear is that fear and faith displace each other. Faith cannot exist in the same space where fear is. It's like when you fill your coffee cup. Before you fill the cup, it's full of air. When you put the coffee in, the coffee displaces the air. Fear will displace faith, and faith will displace fear in exactly the same way. You can be full of faith, or you can be full of fear. You get to choose. That is why Satan loves this tool so much. If he can get you into fear, then your faith goes running out the door. We've all heard the story about Peter's attempt to walk on water. Okay, in our story here, Jesus had just shared a two-piece fish dinner with the crowd and then seen them off. He went up into the mountain to FaceTime with God and then to rejoin his disciples. Matthew chapter 14. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went into them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Remember what I said about fear and faith? One displaces the other. Think about this for a minute. The disciples had been out in the boat for a while. They had already been ministering to the big crowd that Jesus had ministered to. They had been doing all that work. And now they were out in a boat. You know, it's the end of their day. They're tired. They're kind of worn out. And so here comes fear, right? And fear especially will come at you when you take a stand of faith. Because Satan knows if your faith continues to stand and you get a victory, you have a testimony, and that's going to do damage to him. Okay? Oh, you of little faith. What happened to their faith? 
First of all, their fear over seeing Jesus walking on the water displaced their faith. Now, where their faith used to be, now they have all-out fear. The reason the disciples were afraid was because of a superstition that said the ghost of a fisherman walking on the water towards your boat meant that your boat was going to sink that night. So they were pretty freaked out. I'm sure we would have been too. I always thought it was very courageous of Peter to step out of the boat. Nobody else was stepping out of it, but Peter was bold. And Peter had his eyes on Jesus, so his heart was full of faith. And then he noticed that the wind had picked up and those waves rose up against him. That was Satan reminding him that he was not standing on solid ground. And you know, when you're standing in faith for something, you're not standing on solid ground in the natural. This is a word for somebody. For somebody that you've been standing in faith for something for a long time. And you really feel like it's shaky ground. But the reason is not because the ground is shaky. The Lord says your faith is a little bit shaky because you've not rooted it and grounded it in his word. You just need to get that shored up a little bit. And when you do, he's going to answer that prayer. In truth, Peter stepped out of that boat in faith. But when his focus got away from Jesus and into the circumstances around him, the wind and the waves, it was then that he sank. He sank because his fear displaced his faith. And we will sink too if we let fear come in and displace our faith. I never want to teach anything without also giving you practical steps to deal with it. So let's talk about that. If you are dealing with fear, look at what it is you fear. Often our fears are completely irrational garbage that Satan has made us think could really happen. Uh, coronavirus, when it first started out, there was not a big chance you would get coronavirus. Now there's a pretty good chance you could get it, but not everybody dies from it. If you have COPD or some kind of lung disease, then you have probably should be more on your guard. Fear is a tormenting spirit, and Satan loves to torment the people of God. He steals our joy and our peace that way. Then we waste our time looking at everything about whatever it is we fear whether it's coronavirus or the latest shenanigans of our government, the aliens landing, and, and on and on. And the next thing you know, all your time is taken up with reading fake news and believing fairy tales. Come on, y'all. That leaves no time for thinking about our king and honoring him in our hearts. When we're stuck in fear, we're only listening to our king's arch enemy, Satan. We have no business listening to him. So first of all, evaluate your fears. Really look at them and think about this. Okay, is this... Something that could really happen that easily that I need to be, you know, consumed with worry about it all the time. Evaluate your fears. Second, if you think a spirit of fear is tormenting you, realize that you have authority over it and command it to depart and go into the deepest abyss in Jesus' name. And it has to depart because it has to obey the name of Jesus. That is the name above all names. Be aware of any thoughts that make you feel even a little bit fearful and do not think them. Do not let them stay in your mind. The easiest way to do this is to silently or out loud command that thought to be cast down in Jesus' name, or you can replace it by reciting a scripture verse that makes you feel safe in its place. The light of God's word will always drive out fear. When I was fighting the fear of lack in that little rent house, thoughts of lack and fear of disconnected utilities and no food would come up. And I would say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I rebuke you, Satan. You have no place here. Depart from me now in Jesus' name. The bottom line is, you don't have to take fear. You don't have to feel it or think it or receive it. It's not yours. It's the devil's. No matter what is happening to you today, ask the Lord to help you resist the fear and walk in his strength in the face of it.
Let me read you some scriptures. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We can draw our courage from God's word if we will just take the time to do it. You know, John Wayne once said, Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. And that's what we have to do. We have to saddle up anyway. Thanks for listening. Jesus bless you. Tune in again next week for more Just Praise Him Radio. Y'all have a great week. Let's go out there this week and be fearless. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., Glenda Lomax, P.O. Box 60, Glencoe, Arkansas, 72539 or by email at jphtoday at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Does your life feel like it's falling apart around you? Are multiple things going wrong all at once? Does it seem all your comforts have been stripped away? You may have entered the wilderness. Wilderness experiences are often times of great discomfort and lack. Every Christian must pass through the desert on the way to their promised land. Find out how to go from surviving to thriving by partnering with God as He leads you in the path that will strengthen your faith and prepare you to step into your destiny. The Wilderness Companion will help you find out why you have been led into the wilderness. Find out the biggest hindrances to receiving the provision you need in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Learn how to partner with God in His purposes for you in the desert seasons. Get your copy of The Wilderness Companion today. The Wilderness Companion by Glenda Lomax on Amazon.com in print, Kindle, or audiobook.